you will be enclosed inside X2 flight trainers that produce deep space flying conditions such as turbulence and g-forces ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's time to clap your paws stomp your hooves and ruffle your feathers as we welcome you to the festival of w radio your Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 240 for the week of September 18th, 2011. Everyone who visits Walt Disney World has their favorites, resorts, parks, restaurants, and of course, attractions. And for some, it's all about the thrills, while others prefer attractions that may be a bit slower. And so this week, we're going to take a look at our top 10 relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World. I'll have more information about our 40-hour live broadcast celebrating Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary on October 1st before playing more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When Walt Disney set out to build Disneyland, in a small way, it was somewhat for selfish reasons. And why do I say that? Well, we all know the story of Walt spending Saturday, Daddy's Day, with his daughters at Griffith Park, which is actually still there in California. I'm sure you know the story. Walt would spend every Saturday with his daughters. He would take them out to the carousel, and he would sit on a bench and watch them ride. And he was somewhat frustrated at the inability to participate in a lot of those things with his daughter. So what he wanted was a place where families could have fun together. And so for him, it wasn't necessarily about kiddie rides, certainly not about thrill rides like giant wooden roller coasters and things that he found at local amusement parks and fairs. And when he built Disneyland, to a certain degree, Fantasyland was the cornerstone of that philosophy. And that's why there are still no attractions with height requirements in that land in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And so today, decades later, fans of the parks of every age have a plethora of attractions to choose from, ranging from ones they can enjoy with their children to, yeah, even those that satisfy the most thrill-seeking guests. And as a wonderful side effect from that, we who get to enjoy the Disney parks are also afforded the opportunity to simply enjoy the parks by wandering, exploring, people watching, and maybe taking in some of the truly tranquil attractions in the parks. And that's what this week's top 10, and then some, is all about. 
our top 10 relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World. And top 10s can only mean that I'm joined once again by my good friend, fellow publisher on Celebrations Magazine, author of the Guide to the Magic series of books for kids, fellow Disney World food fan. He is Tim. Don't line up behind me at Food and Wine Festival because there may not be much left when I'm done. Foster. There's no way that nickname's going to stick. Oh, we'll make it stick, my it's, friend. It's too long. We will make it stick. It's going to go on T-shirts. going to stick like funnel cake. <laughs> and Tim, look, this topic yeah. is right up your alley because this you, is in my wheelhouse. Dude, you are say. all about the relaxing rides. You are like Mr. I was too chicken for Mr. Toad because it actually said wild ride on it foster. I had a chance to go on Mr. Toad in Disneyland, and uh, no, I went to Little Mermaid instead. Yeah, yeah. But, Tim, let me tell you something. This week, yeah. we actually have something a little bit new, a little bit different, something we've never done before. In-flight snacks. Yes. <laughs> right. Very good. And we're bringing on a third participant. And that's really because we could never come up with 10 on our own. We need right. some help yeah. compiling this list of 10. So this week we are joined by friend and listener Ron Thompson. Ron, welcome to the show. Hi there, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, the thanks should really go out to you, Ron. And I want to briefly explain how and why you got here. Certainly not for lack of us being able to come up with 10 things in our lists but a few months ago on the WDWRadio.com site, we had a number of auctions uh, where we were trying to raise money for Japan relief after the uh, tsunami there. And one of the lots, which I thought nobody would bid on, honestly, was to join us on a top 10 segment. And you were incredibly, incredibly generous with your donation. Can you explain why you did it and what you were thinking about it. And really was this just so you could have a, a good bromance with Tim Foster? <laughs> well, well, not just Tim, you as well, of course, but now I, I thought it was a great cause. I thought it was really, really generous of you to, uh, to raise money for the Japan relief effort. And I, it was just very exciting. I'm already a subscriber to celebrations, but I thought, boy, the opportunity to be with Lou and Tim on a top 10, I just can't let that one go by. Well, we again, we really appreciate it. Uh, you, like I said, you were very, very generous with your donation, and all that money went to the American Red Cross for Japan relief. But Tim, uh, Tim, Ron, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Sort of where you're from. Have, are you sort of a recent Disney convert? Have you been a Disney fan since like day one? Oh yeah, I'm. I've definitely been a Disney convert since forever. I. Went to Walt Disney World for the first time in about 75, and I've been there, oh, I have no idea how many times since then, 30-some-odd, I guess, and Disneyland, and and uh, I watched Mickey Mouse Club growing up, uh, so uh, I've been around the block a few times. I still have my original mouse ears, so uh, yeah, growing up with Uncle Walt, I've been around uh, the Disney properties for a long time. So, so you are a pro. You are a pro at this. You're going to help school Tim Foster. Uh, and because of that, and look, I, I know I've known you for a while. You came on the Disney cruise with us. I'm sure you know about the fact that Walt Disney World is not about rushing from attraction to attraction and trying to get the thrills. It is about 
relaxing and enjoying the parks and enjoying some of those attractions as well. So because you are our very special guest, Ron, I want to give you the courtesy of taking Tim's favorite one from him and letting you go first with your list. Very, very careful. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. Well, I'm, I'm sure this one is on everybody's list, but it's one of my favorite ones. When I go into Tomorrowland, I always like riding the TTA. I'm out. Uh, I you know, you guys, left. you guys can left. do the show by yourself. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Go ahead. But you know, the the TTA is just you know, you sit back, relax. You you get on these linear induction cars and you ride around. You see a little bit of Space Mountain. You see an overview of of Tomorrowland, and it's really relaxing. So it's certainly one of my personal favorites. Uh, Ron, if Tim doesn't have this on his list. I am going to accidentally drop him off this call and never bring him back. I don't now. I got to go out and do some shit. I got to go return something. (laughs) Yeah, Tim, I'm sure for all of us, this was the very first thing that you thought of. Like, it's one that I make sure I ride, and you can ride over and over again. And between the views of the parks and the narration, whether you love the new one or the old one, whatever is your favorite, (laughs) um, there is something just... The TTA is like comfort food like you just know it's that warm and relaxing you know enjoyable kind of tour of the parks my favorite part uh, you know it's funny because my favorite part is is my wife's least favorite part is when the lights are up in space mountain and you can see space mountain and all of it's not meant to be seen this way glory so Spoiling the Magic is your favorite Spoiling comment. the Magic. You really just need to change the name of your website and books from Guide to the Magic to oh, Guide no, to no, the Magic. No, no, no. Come on. Now, that's a side you never see. But I'm curious. What do you got? Is this a yeah. – Is that, first of all, is it a, in a, a moment you guys have experienced? And secondly, did it – does it ruin the magic for you? Do you think it's kind of cool seeing all the hats and glasses and shoes lying on the floor beneath <laughs> I think it's cool seeing all the structure in that when the lights are on. It's it's different. Yeah, you don't get see? a chance to see that obviously when the when the lights are off and you're riding around in it. I, I think I, I too think it's cool. I've always been sort of a I want to know how things work in Disney World kind of guy. I think it for some people that get to see it, it's both exhilarating and a bit scary because you're like, oh my, how am, is my giant head going to fit? under the track i am never you know and you can i think people duck just they kind of shrug their shoulders down just a little bit more after they've seen it with the lights on i will say i enjoy i did the narration i'm getting used to but one of my favorite things about the tta was when it is how it immersed you in the whole backstory of tomorrowland especially with the prior narration where you were on the blue line and heard about the red line and the green line and you were in the middle of town and, and you were in a galactic space port away from everything. That's, that was my favorite part about it. And I, I miss the narration and, you know, I like it when they would page Tom Morrow. That was I know. And I know, I know Tom Morrow's back, but it's still, it's not I, the same. I agree with you. And you can actually still see hints to the red line in some of the little vignettes that you get to see. And I think for me, that is one of the parts that I enjoy the most is being able to look inside attractions like Buzz Lightyear. But more importantly, uh, we would be remiss. And I just wanted to say that because you never really get a chance to say remiss enough. Mm-hmm. When you get to see the partial model of ah. Epcot, the city, uh, that's worth going over and over again just to try and get a really good because that model 
is just a small portion of what was on the second floor of Progress Land, which was Carousel of Progress, and is in, is such a detail. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of buildings and cars and trees and you know churches and amusement park. I mean, so much thought and planning and detail went into that model that every time I go by, I still catch something new. I always look to see what what part I want to live in if I could live there. Sure. I'm not going on that Ferris wheel. It's too tall. <laughs> All right. All right, Matt. Who's up next, Master of Ceremony? I, I'm going to give it to you because I know you're going to struggle looking for a second one at this point. Uh, yeah. Well, I think my first one's really predictable, so I'm going to get it out of the way. It's wet. It's wild. Oh, no. It's a small world after all. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Sing it. Come on. Give us a, give us a couple of bars. Not doing it. Now, if you'd like to chime in, Lou. Go ahead. New guy. Go. One, two. It's a small world. Oh, my God. He did it. He really did it. You didn't think you would do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. Ow. I owe Lou funnel cake. Thanks a lot. You know, it's a world of laughter. It's a world of tears. Anyway, Tim, you're just talking now. I'm just so. I'm just basically talking because I, I you don't want to hear me sing. But yeah, uh, Tim, go ahead. Give us the reason. Uh, well, why. you know, I, obviously, I think to every everyone listening, it's no secret that that's one of my favorite attractions in all of Walt Disney World, and it, it it's all about relaxing and and looking at all the the different countries as you float through. Um, I, I'm one of those persons. A song doesn't bother me. You can catch me humming at any time of day um i will say i'm going to start digressing a little bit here because i had the pleasure of uh, those of you who were out there know i was out at d23 and this was my first time believe it or not in disneyland so i got to play a lot of compare and contrast with uh the magic kingdom and florida and and the small world in disneyland i will say compares very favorably with the one in Florida, and just as relaxing, I found it even a little bit more relaxing, but everyone will be glad to know I still got wet in Disneyland. And there is a sign, I think, up there that says you may get wet. I think there's a sign. There is no sign that says you may get wet. I swear I saw the other day a sign near to Small World in a book somewhere, an old sign that said you may get wet. I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to say Okay, so let me ask you this. The seat behind you splashing you, I'm sure. Probably. So I'm going to pose this question to both of you and and those of you who are listening who have experienced both. Do you – and again, it's not a comparison, one being better than the other. But having seen them both, do you have a preference of one that you enjoy more? Is it sort of the outdoor queue and the addition of the Disney characters that makes you like Disneyland's more? Or is that familiarity that you have with the Walt Disney version – that maybe makes you like that one a little bit more than Disneyland. Tim, then Ron. Uh, see, I liked you did that because I wasn't sure who was going to start talking. Um, good question. I, I think I liked – I felt I had to – the one in Disneyland being the – I think it's the bigger and the grander one, especially with the outside queue and all of the Mary Blair artwork that you can see you know, from a long way away as you approach the attraction. Um, I was surprised. I didn't know the Disney characters were in Small World, actually, and I was a little surprised at that. And I have to say, I quite enjoyed it. And but I could see how people would look at that and go, 
eh, I don't know if I like them being in there or not. Um, but I will say, for one, I thought it was cool. That's something I wouldn't mind seeing in the Florida version. It made me think of the Donald Duck pinata in the Grand Fiesta Tour, oddly enough. But um, I, I gave points to Disneyland over Disney World, even though he said it's not a comparison thing. Um, but I think mostly because of the newness of it. Um, I just hadn't seen a lot of that before. So I know a lot of the, a lot of the memories you have of Walt Disney World and the attractions you see, a lot of them come the first time you saw it and the first time you experienced it and the feelings you had. And so the Disneyland version had that going for it. This is the first time I'd seen a lot of that stuff. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool from that point of view. So. Ron, what about you? I think uh, I would give the nod for the facade to Disneyland. It's it's very impressive, you know, you the Mary Blair artwork and everything, and the the clock that ticks tocks, and the soldiers that come out on the hour and that, and it's that's very impressive. I think inside, once you're in the boat and in the ride, I'd say they compare fairly favorably. And, and I kind of had the same reaction that, that Tim did when I saw the uh, the Disney characters in there. It was like I was surprised, but then I thought. This is okay. I, I don't object to it. It's it's all right. I was surprised, but uh, it, it didn't bother me. I agree. I, I think it was done certainly uh, keeping with the original design and uh, the feel of the original attraction and sort of those those Mary Blair figures. So I had no problem with it. I think it actually added another layer, especially for a younger guests who, you know, it's almost like searching for hidden Mickey's. It's kind of searching for the Disney characters and the familiar films in the different scenes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. And I would have no problem if they brought it to Walt Disney world. And that's the question I'll pose to listeners. Would you like, or would you mind if they put the Disney Pixar film characters in the Walt Disney world version of it's a small world. And you can come to this, this week's show notes and comment there. Tim, please continue. Now I was going to say, I'm, I would be okay if they showed up, though, but I would not be surprised seeing the reaction that you get from the listeners, whether there would be a lot of um, the traditionalist pushback, like you can't do that, you can't put the characters in the, in the ride. That wouldn't surprise me if I heard that reaction, even though I don't really have it myself, but I could see it. Absolutely. Some people don't like change. Some people didn't like the change in Disneyland, and that's okay, whether it's from a nostalgic point of view, uh, a traditionalist point of view, a, a purist point of view, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I would be curious to see what the listener's response would be. But we got to move on, but we have a, a good 60 or 70 additional attractions to cover. I believe. Wait, favorite, favorite seat, best seat in the house is the back, back row of the boat. Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that you get wet on. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my next, and these really, obviously the TTA was number one. It was the first thing that came to mind. But the next one on my list is actually one that I rode again the other day uh, with my with some friends and some family that had never really been on before. And I think it actually is, to a certain degree, an overlooked relaxing attraction for as big and as grand as it is, actually probably being the largest attraction vehicle in any of the Disney theme parks, the Liberty Square Riverboat, for me, is one of those relaxing attractions. You have, you're on the water, you have unique views of Liberty Square and Frontierland. You've got a great narration with Mark Twain and Horace Bixby, a, a neat storyline that's attached to it. You've got educational opportunities there to learn not only about 
the story of Tom Sawyer Island and the story of Frontierland and that overriding story of Walt Disney World, but even about hearing from your narrators as well and learning about real sort of Mississippi-style riverboats, some of the things you get to see, some of the nods to Disney films like Pocahontas and the Old Mill and references to Imagineers as you go by. And even if you're standing, whether you're on the Texas deck or down below and and sort of watching that real working steam engine go, uh, just sort of looking at those you know, views of Frontierland and Tom Sawyer, especially the, the lush green areas when maybe there isn't a lot going on, there is sort of something that takes you out of the theme park experience there. And for me, that is one of those true get away from the crowds, get away from everyone uh, places to be. And one of the ones that's really kind of a must do for me, especially when you want to sort of just take it slow and relax a little bit. I'm touched. Yeah, I grew up uh, near the Mississippi River, and and every time I ride that, it's kind of like old home week, you know, because we had some stern wheelers that uh, that ply the river up and down, and yeah, you could take a weekend tourist kind of trip in that, and it is it's very relaxing. And uh, I don't do they still have the burning cabin on the backside of Tom Sawyer Island there? Or they you know, don't. That's still, yeah, that's that, that gone. Oh, yeah, that that storyline has changed a little bit, and they've gotten away from. Now, let me ask you this, Ron. Do you remember not only was the cabin on fire, but there was a dead soldier in the front that had an arrow. He was, his chest was pierced by an arrow. And then they took oh. the arrow away, and it was the, the sort of storyline was more that he had sort of maybe drank too much moonshine and, and was sort of passed out, and now he's oh, just yeah, gone that's, altogether. That's more family-friendly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Don't mind him, kids. He's drunk. <laughs> well, obviously, he's not there anymore, so... Oh, that's too bad. And if you know, if you, Tim, since I know you probably never <laughs> ride this, if you pay close attention. Does that move? It actually also tells you the, some of the story of Big Thunder Mountain. So you no learn about the bat. Yeah. And better yet, kids, ride the Liberty Square Riverboat during the Halloween season. Go oh. on Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween parties because the narration and the story changes really oh i'm in there you go and you get free candy so a free candy (laughs) and you don't have to twist my arm what's not to like (laughs) hey i got i got i got i got one word for the riverboat photo ops yeah can't beat them and i i will say that the if you haven't ridden it in a while or especially if it's your first time, the photo opportunities you're, you're going to get are amazing between Tom Sawyer Island and especially the Haunted Mansion. And it's probably going to answer that age-old question you'll have, like, where did they get that picture? Well, now you know, because you'll, you'll have a view of the Haunted Mansion that you can't get anywhere else. And you also have great views of um, Splash Mountain, Thunder Mountain as well. So certainly as you're going, have your cameras ready, because um, once in a, you know, once in a, vacation photo ops that you're never going to get anywhere else. And I would love to do my impression of the, uh, the overhead narration when he's given the depth reading in that sort of really deep Southern James Earl Jones, CNN, Darth Vader voice, you know, by the mark, but I can't do it. So I won't. Ah. So we're, <laughs> so we're going to move on. If we're done, Ron, it's back to you. Well, let's see. You didn't say that we couldn't use extinct attractions. See, it's a go. Look hey, at it. He's hey, like, hey, 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 hey. 
He's go a, with me here. He's a mini, right. he's a mini this Tim a Foster. <laughs> right. This is a go with me. All right. One that I used to absolutely love, which is, is now sadly extinct, is the Skyway that plied uh, oh. its way between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. I used to love to get up on there, and daytime you get a great overview of the park, and nighttime you could see all the twinkling lights and the trees in front of the castle, and sometimes you'd see the Main Street Electrical Parade going by, and it was just really relaxing, great photo op, and, but it's sadly gone. I'm with you completely. It um, There was something fun and relaxing, and I wish they had it now so I could appreciate those views of Fantasyland and that 90-degree angle it took towards Tomorrowland. Um, you know, there was something, as a kid, a little scary about it because I was always that kid that was saying, what if the rope breaks? You know, what happens to us? Uh, but now it's that simple pleasure, that simple classic pleasure that I wish was back. All right, here's your how well do you know Tim Foster quiz. You never wrote it. I, you, no, I've, no I've, I've, I've wrote it, but uh, what were my feelings on the subject? You cried like a six-year-old schoolgirl. Hung on for dear life and never opened. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I wasn't somehow, that. Yeah, and, trying to, did you find yourself trying to balance the car? You know, if there's one too many people on one side, you always... Yeah, well, I was like, how am I not slipping out of the bottom here? How's it not working? No, I liked it. The views were incredible. I remember um, it was the first trip I had with my wife, which was almost 20 years ago, and we rode them. Uh, and we're pulling into Space Mountain, and we just, that's where we decided the line doesn't look so bad. Let's go. So... Um, and, that, and actually, we had a very good time in Space Mountain, despite what y'all might think about my reaction to that ride. But I'm just, um, I'm just intrigued the fact that you just called us y'all. Anyway. Y'all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I miss him. But I, uh, that's, I think that's the one only time I'd ever ridden him. So. <laughs> All right, Tim. What is your go with me here for your second one? Can I really pull out a go with me here? Ron did. So he set the precedent. I'm going worse. I'm going off property. Now, I just wanted to mention, by the way, I wasn't sure whether to just mention this as an aside or, or weasel my way into using this as one of my, uh, one of my candidates here. Um, do you recall that park bench you, you mentioned early on? I do. I saw that park bench. Did you know you can go see that park bench? I've, I've been to Griffith Park. I've made the pilgrimage no, no, there. No, no. That in the Walt Disney Family Museum. Oh, that is, I, I have not uh, been to the museum is yet. The, unless they're lying, was the bench that he sat in every weekend, or else it was an animatronic. I'm, I'm not sure, but I swear it said real. But I just saw that out there because you mentioned that, and I was like, I saw that. I saw that bench. I believe it is, in fact, the real, actual bench that Walt Disney sat in. So, as well as the train that he had running around his property was actually there too, which I thought was fascinating. And I asked my daughter what she thought of that, and she goes, "I didn't see it. She ran right past it, going to the Fantasyland <laughs> model." All right, there. I snuck. See how this is how we do it. This is how we sneak in other mentions without actually using up a slot there. That was good. So, so going on to my next one, um, not really having made a list here because this is so easy for me. All right, we're going to go to Epcot. 
And this is this is uh, an attraction that's still there, but the part I miss is not there anymore. And we're going to go to Spaceship Earth. And I think the ultimate, my favorite, we're kind of touching on this with the relaxing ride, but this is the quintessential, my favorite type of attraction in Walt Disney World. It's the the relaxing ride, but it's also the dark ride. It's the long dark ride. It's the long dark ride inside. Um, and Spaceship Earth just epitomizes that. But even forgetting all that, it's just a wonderful attraction into itself. Um, great place to relax, great place to cool off, great place to smell the wonderful sense of barbecue of the Wilderness Lodge. Oh, wait, that's Rome burning. It smells, this, it smells exactly the same, though. Um, and I, as I'm sure I've said time and time again, I really miss the ending. But that notwithstanding, it's still a must-see every time I go down there. First attraction in the morning, last one at night. Um, I don't know what you can say. No matter what, whether it's the animatronics you like, you'll be amazed at the animatronics in there. Uh, learning a little something. You will. You'll learn who taught, who invented the ABCs. Lou, I know you remember. They did not invent, invent the, the ABCs. ABCs. Come on, it's true because it was said in in. Don't thank in the Phoenicians. They didn't invent the ABCs. Well, I'm going with that story because she's prettier than you. So, <laughs> all right, Ron Thompson. Here's your question: Cronkite, Irons, or Dench? Oh, it's got to be Cronkite. There you go, brother. I knew I liked this guy. I, uh, yeah, I thought his was narration was the best of a lot. I like I'm, it. I'm, I'm dissenting. Are Jeremy you Irons. Um, Jeremy oh. Irons. Absolutely. You know why? It, you know, it comes back to, um, I think, when you your first memories, and I probably did write it with the Walter Cronkite narration, but the... Jeremy Irons one is the one that I really got to know with um, becoming a regular visitor down, visitor down there, riding with my daughter for the first time, um, losing a bet with my wife because I didn't think that was Jeremy Irons, and I still have yet to do the dishes like I promised. But Oh, by the way, like you can call if you're at the hotel and have a question like that, who was the voice, you can call the front desk and They'll put you in touch with someone, and they know everything. And darn at midnight if they didn't know the answer to that question, and I got in trouble. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but for me, I think it's more – it's not one over the other. It's just that's the one I sort of grew up with, if you know what I mean. So East, west, north, and south, all roads <laughs> led to Rome. Not that's even it. close. That's all I got. Not even. That's all I got. Not right. even close. I believe, I believe, is it my turn? I'm yeah. sure, why not? Sure, why not? All right, so again, in no... Oh, man, I don't know which one to go with because I don't want you guys to steal one of my other ones. But um, you know what? I'll, I'll stay consistent, and I will stay in the Magic Kingdom. And Walt, my friend, this is a tribute to you uh, because the Walt Disney World and... Disneyland and all the railroads were so important to you. I will tell you that there is something, again, familiar and comforting and relaxing and fun and educational and beautiful to see and simple about riding the Walt Disney World Railroad. Taking that grand circle tour around the Magic Kingdom 
is something that I enjoy time and time and time again. Um, I, it, is it partially because of Walt? Yeah. Is it because of what you get to see and those views and that narration and just that simple pleasure of being on a real working steam engine? Yeah, that totally does it for me. And there is something very, very relaxing. And if you sneak on popcorn, you can actually eat. You shouldn't, but uh, I'm not. Hey. That's not to say that I have not indulged in a chocolate-covered pretzel while I've been on the Walt Disney World Railroad. With my hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the train at all times. Ron and then Tim, railroad, agree, disagree? Is it a must-do? Is it, is it one of those you do it once every five years? No, I really like it. In fact, you know, when we were out at D23, I got a chance to do the uh, Disneyland Railroad, and they actually had the, the parlor car, I think the Lily Bell parlor car, attached yeah. to yep. the train. That was really neat to ride on that. And I agree, it's the steam engine, you get the chug-chug and the, the the smoke in the air and everything. It's really kind of romantic back to the uh, you know, the 1800s kind of thing. Hearing that train whistle... And that all aboard, there there is something very, very comforting. I don't know how else to call it about that. Even when you hear the train whistle from the Grand Floridian. You know what? I can hear, it from, I can hear it from my house. <laughs> really? No, really? Jealous. Yeah. Jealous. Wow. All right, all right that's kind of creepy. If the wind is I, just if the wind is just right. You may be able to hear the Liberty Bell or the howl of the dog at the Haunted Mansion. I can't wait to come over next week. When you come over and we're cuddling on the couch, you you can set your clock by the sound and the sight of the fireworks in the distance. (laughs) It's like the red menace in the sky. (laughs) All right, Ron, uh, we are back to you. Well, let's see. I think uh, I'll leave the Magic Kingdom and go over to Epcot. Hmm. Uh, one that I really oh. enjoy is the uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure. It used to be known as Universe of Energy. It's a it's a very long ride. You, know, you go in and you have the kind of the pre-show, and I I do miss the uh, the moving screens on the pre-show that they used to have. But uh, the, you go into these big cars and you sit there and you. You get educated. You learn a little bit about energy, and you you laugh a little bit with the uh, the comedy of of Ellen's uh, nightmare. But it it lasts a long time. You get to see dinosaurs. You know how could it be bad if you see dinosaurs, right? And it's uh, it lasts a very long time. It's like forty forty five minutes or something for the entire presentation, and very relaxing. You just sit in your your vehicle, and it moves around and uh, takes you to see all kinds of stuff. So first of all, Ron, I have to give you big props for remembering the moving screens in the first theater. But you also didn't say something, which I'm happy that you didn't. And as we talk about some of these attractions, I am happy that at least so far, Tim Foster, you (laughs) guys haven't said, I like this show. I like this attraction because it's air conditioned. I can take a nap, etc. You like the attraction for what it is, for being a relaxing, enjoyable attraction, not a place to take a nap. Right. The fact that it's air conditioned on a hot <laughs> summer afternoon in Florida, though, is a plus. Tim Foster, your silence is deafening because I know what? that's why you go into Ellen's <laughs> energy. What? <adventure. laughs> 
Oh, I'm so going to have listeners torture you on your next visit. All right, so Tim, what is next on your list? What is next on your... I didn't get to talk about the energy ride. You snored. Your your snoring was your, your commentary, I thought. That was a comment on the company. Oh, Not wow. the new company, though. Wow, I, I take that back. I'm crushed. Your no, emails, just so you know, you, you can send your emails you. to, to, what is it, <laughs> T. Foster at... T. Foster at www.radio.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link Tim Foster's email in this week's show notes. All right, all right. Here you go. Energy ride. This is what I'm gonna. You go and watch the pre-show. Don't sit down because you're not allowed to sit down. Stand up. Stand to the left. When you're getting ready to open the doors, scooch up to the doors on the left. When the doors open, go all the way down to the front to the front row, and enter the car to the left. You know what you're in. You're in the front row, and not just the front row. You're in the front row of the whole thing. You'll be the first one in to see the dinosaurs and the first one into the radio room as you listen for five minutes as it goes on and on and on about how mammals are getting hairier. Yes, they are. <laughs> but that's my little secret insider tip for the energy ride. Is it my turn? Favorite celebrity cameo in Ellen's Energy Adventure. And- Kramer. Chris Berman. Back, 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 no. back, 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 back. Come on. He does the back, 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 back. back. I want to throw him back, back, back. <laughs> All right. What's your, what's your next one, Tim Foster? I don't know. Wait a minute. Let me put my list here. This means I don't have a list. I didn't have – I don't have a list. I'm just looking at – he's, uh, he's Googling Walt Disney World at this point. Walt Disney, Harry Potter land. Oh, my Go. God. Tim Foster. I am really going to put – I'm going to put a direct link to your email address in the show notes. All right, here's my next one. Is it an attraction? I don't know. Go with me, people here. The monorail. Dude, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you something. It's on my list. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's an attraction. No trip is complete unless you ride the monorail. Even if you're staying at the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary, you can walk over to the Magic Kingdom. You take that monorail anyway. Um. Get up, go from the Wilderness Lodge, take a launch boat to the Contemporary, get on the monorail, get off at the Transportation Center, get on another monorail and go to Epcot. I know there's a bus that goes there, but go the way I'm telling you. You'll have a great time. Um, no, I think we all agree. The monorail is just so it, – it's so Walt Disney World. There's nothing like it anywhere else. And the, the minute you hear those doors close and you hear that narration and you hear the the – smell that you alluded to in one of the shows we did, Lou. Um, uh, you can't... It's, it's something you just have to experience and um, the, the views that you get... Uh, the, the thing that impressed me the most the first time I wrote it was not even the views of Epcot um, as you circled through, but just going in between the two parks. I was just amazed at how clean everything was and how meticulous everything was maintained. And it's just a reminder, you're in, you're not shuffling from park to park through the outskirts of Orlando. You're, you're in a whole other world that's uh, contained unto itself. Everything you see is Walt Disney World. There's no um, outside world intruding here. There's no outside world intruding there. And experiencing it through the monorail, um, it's, it's, it's a unique way to see everything. And, of course, seeing Epcot up close is once-in-a-lifetime uh, sight, um, especially at night. 
got to do it at night. And uh, even if you want to loop on it a few times just to enjoy the ride, I'm not going to tell anybody. So, you know, if you uh, if you ride in the front with the, the with the pilots, especially on the one going to Epcot, you get a fantastic view of Epcot as you're coming into it. It's really neat. Great photo op. I am sorry to say, Ron, that uh, they don't do that. They do. they know. Yeah, after the last um, after what happened a couple of years ago, they they still no longer at least in Walt Disney World Disneyland obviously very different but they do not let you ride in the front car and Tim Foster you cannot walk to the Magic Kingdom from the Grand Floridian not you can walk from the contemporary (laughs) you said you could walk from the Grand Floridian I said you go to the Grand Floridian and I said I said even though you can walk to it from the contemporary security has their eyes on you Play the tape, buddy. I'm telling you. I'm, I probably did mangle that, but you know. That's my, <laughs> I know what you meant. They, I know. Listen, there, you bring up here. The next thing we're going to do for top ten, and I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping. I'm not only jumping ahead several slots. I'm jumping ahead several shows. I've lost things complete we, control. <laughs> things we wish they would add to Walt Disney World. And number one on my list is a bridge over the canal so you can walk from the Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom. There, I've said my piece I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, I they am. Could do, I am make a drawbridge. They did it in, in World Showcase. Do you know how long that bridge would be? Jeez. Do you know how far the Grand Floridian is? I'd like a good walk. Is it, look, put this way, is it farther than uh, going from like the Yacht Club to the Hollywood Studios? Uh, let me just put it to you this way. At, at midnight with kids in tow and you're tired that I'm walk not. is going to seem like an eternity now welcome to this no this is you're going to this is in tim's world this is not lou's world this is tim's world where the the sun's going down it's a nice cool autumn evening you're too relaxing you're telling you just want to go for a nice walk what could be more relaxing than walking around the lagoon underneath the victorian lights of the grand floridian on your way to magic kingdom to watch some fireworks what could be more relaxing? Knowing you can take a boat back if you get tired. <laughs> well, when you paint such a beautiful picture, far be it for me to uh, to disagree. I really hijacked this top ten, didn't I? <laughs> wow! You come out of sleep and you come out of hibernation, and look what we got. All right, I'm gonna uh, go. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna go back to sleep. You guys, who's um, who? I, I've lost track and control. Is it Ron? Is it your turn? Is it my turn? I think it's your turn, Lou. It's my turn. Um, Oh, boy. So I've done, uh, I guess I've done three so far, and I'm trying to imagine what you guys have done. Um, I I do have one more that I'll save for my last one, because I'm I'm torn between one more in the Magic Kingdom and one over in Epcot or the studios, and I'm not sure. So again, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go with my heart on this one, and maybe a go with me here, people, because you should go here. And we've spent an entire show talking about this attraction, and it is, and the name is important. It is Walt Disney's One Man's Dream, well, or Walt Disney One Man's Dream. Uh, I think too often people forget about Walt the Man and his legacy. And his journey from being told he was crazy with $40 in his pocket to building what he created uh, and and what has grown from that man and his dream and taking the time to stroll through 
and read and listen and learn as you go through One Man's Dream, which has recently been updated. It's continually being updated. I think there's more coming probably in the next year or so, especially in that second part. Uh, getting to see some of the props and some of the models and, you know, the cabin that Walt built, that little miniature cabin and the dancing man and the recreation of his office and some of the things from Disneyland and those prop models. Uh, that's a must do for me. And it's a must do when I take even first timers there because they want them to understand and appreciate it. And there is something relaxing because it's self-guided. You can go at your own pace. You can walk through and take as much or as little time as you want to going through it. Chances are when you go back, you'll find something that maybe you didn't see the first time you were there. And then, of course, you have the uh, the film at the end that you definitely should sit and and uh, and watch the entire way through and don't sort of pull a Nor- Norway and try and run through the film. Hey, hey, at the, that's at a the beautiful end. film. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Maybe a little digital upgrade wouldn't be bad. But um, Walt Disney, One Man's Dream for me, is one of the top, one of the most important attractions in Walt Disney World. Ron Thompson, comment. I Let's see, I agree completely. I, I think actually seeing the multi-plane camera from the old mill, you know, I, that was just, but that's kind of one of those moments you just kind of jaw drop it. You see the real thing, and and then the big map uh, with the, uh, the cutout of Walt sitting in front of the for the original Epcot design, you know, that you remember seeing on the TV show. It's just, it was kind of amazing to see some of those things. You know, it was really impressive. Tim Foster, when is the last time you visited Walt Disney One Man's Dream? Is that in World Showcase? Where is that? No, I'm kidding. I think that should be not only a must-see, I think that should be a required see. Like, you, you <laughs> can't get in the park unless you go in there. You've got to go through Walt Disney and One have, Man's Dream. You have to go through it. And, and yes, it made me cry. It always makes me cry. And um, I did have the pleasure, I alluded to it not too long ago, but I did have the pleasure of going to the Walt Disney Family Museum while I was out west on the West Coast for D23, which, if you haven't been there, it's much, very much like One Man's Dream. Same kind of idea. Um, no film, though, but, but they make up for it with lots of other um, memorabilia and things that aren't in Florida. But, but they're both basically the same thing, um, telling you all about Walt Disney and his, his journey and his challenges and, and what he did. And the thing, I, the thing I take away from it every time, and I, I wrote about it actually in the upcoming issue of Celebrations Magazine, which we'll talk about later. Um, seeing as, you, as Walt Disney World goes through changes these days, and we heard a lot about um, changes that are coming up for next year through the parks and films and so forth at D23. I think it's natural for a lot of people, especially today, to sometimes be a little cynical about the changes that are coming up and you know, what's the motivation behind it and you know, the people thinking of profit margins and, and merchandising and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's easy to get caught up in that, but if you go to see these exhibits, um, this is where you'll see that this, this is a, a, I hate to even call it a company, but this is a company like nothing else. And seeing Walt Disney uh, relate anything from when he's, when he's talking about Snow White or Pinocchio, and he's, he's acting out the scenes. He's not just talking about the movies. acting out the scenes for the animators doing the voices, singing the songs. 
And you hear him talking about Epcot. And not just as a project, but as you can tell, this is a dream that he had. This is something he believed in. And when you see when you see Walt Disney talk about these things and realize this is the person behind all of this. And you also if you're lucky enough to hear an imagineer or a director talk in the same with the same enthusiasm about enthusiasm about the projects they're working on, that's what always hits home to me is when you go either to one man's dream or to the family museum that did you get a glimpse of what really is going on behind the company? It's it's about the dreams and the passion and and believing in, in 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 your vision, and it's not about the mundane things that these days it's too easy to think about. So, if nothing else, I think it's it's a place to go to reconnect with the magic, and remember what it's all about and where it all came from. Tim Foster, I have to tell you that I was actually very impressed at your description of the attraction and your your love of Walt Disney. Uh, See, I've been I've been there a couple times. I you've told you. been there, or you've read from a very well written guidebook. All right, so uh, <laughs> since there are three of us, we will not have a top ten. It's really going to be more like a top twelve. So let's make this one our last. And when I say last, I'm Ron. You you know the drill. It's your last one, but you're going to throw in a couple of you know honorable mentions. Uh, but give us your give us your last one. Give us your you know final relaxing attraction in Walt Disney World. Well, we've managed to go all this time, and we haven't mentioned food yet, which I think is kind well. Of wait a minute. <laughs> so, so this is a go with me, I guess. Uh, one of the things I think is it, it's not exactly an attraction, certainly not a ride, but it it qualifies as being in the parks and very relaxing is having a nice romantic dinner with your spouse at the Coral Reef restaurant. Oh. You sit, if you get yourself a table by the, by the glass, you know, and you're watching, there's nothing more relaxing than watching fish and turtles and stuff swim by, and you, you have a nice little glass of wine, maybe some lobster bisque, a couple of nice entrees, and finish it off with a nice dessert. Wonderful, relaxing way to close off a day at the park. Oh, you, you had me at food. <laughs> see, see, Ron, you were meant to be on this segment. I love it. I love it. And the fact that you brought up food before, although I did mention popcorn, I think, on the on Yeah, the you talked about yeah, that's true. illegal food on the but train. But you made food the attraction, and that's why I love that guy. That's why I love it. And, and, yep. and you know what? That's not even a go with me here. You totally get, you get a, a star, a gold star for that one. Oh, goody. <laughs> oh, my whole big speech, I get nothing. You get a goal. Does do you find it unsettling though that you're eating fish in front of the fish? Well, you know, my like son, they're looking at you a little. Like, but, what are you, but, what are you doing out there? You know. Yeah, the first time we went there, my son was thought we got to pick him out of the tank. What we <laughs> it's not a, it's not his hate for lobster fest. So, no, I, I totally agree with you. Hey, is this the opportunity to piggyback on and throw a bunch of restaurants on there? There you go. Go for it, Foster. Make it count. I didn't say I had one, but now I got to think of one. So, but right. this, I'll, I'll but help. This... I will help you. I will help you with your piggybacking because one of the ones I was gonna say, but I'm not going to. See what I did there? Would be one that you could actually see from a restaurant in Epcot, and that's Living with the Land. <gasps> yes. Was that, was that yours? Did I steal it from you? No, no, no. Oh. 
I, li- I like I like where your mind is. You go through the rainforest. You got these changes in temperature. It's a learning experience. You've got the food that you can see that's being grown that you can eat in the restaurant. You can look up at the good turn upstairs or the garden grill. Um, you've got the hydroponics. You've got the fish. You've got all. I mean, you you used to have just listen to the land. We all love nature's plan will shine above. Listen to the land. I'm obviously a child of the 80s. Um, I do miss the the live narrator, the cast member narrator, but for being a relaxing attraction, where food is involved, Ron, living with the land, there's the piggyback. It's true. And one thing I always thought was, you know, under the attention to detail, if you're in the, uh, the Garden Grill restaurant, they have changed names, but the rotating one that you can see that ride from, as you're going around, you see the farmhouse that's in there, and there is in the second-story window, there's a little, like an oil lamp lit in there, and you can't even see that from the ride. The only place you can see this is when you're sitting in that revolving restaurant. And first time I saw that, I thought, wow, what attention to detail, you know? It's just amazing how Disney does this. Ron, I have such new... F- I would... Forget Tim Foster. I would give you such a I, hug because I, I love that. Days on this show are numbered right now. <laughs> there is a man who loves his park, who comes prepared. He brings his A game, Tim Foster. So here you go, Ron. There's for, a, for a free a, Dole Whip and hug from Tim Foster. Uh-huh. What is written on the mailbox in front of the old farmhouse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It says now, RFD something. Yeah, yeah, probably RFD something, yeah. <laughs> I have no clue. B. Right? Jo- B. Jones. Yeah. 80, and, and the year, the number that's on there is 82 because it opened in? It opened in 1882 with the rest of uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit all that out. All right. Tim Foster. <laughs> Bring it home, brother. Bring, bring me. Uh, finish off strong. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You got nothing. You have nothing. I got the Jungle Cruise. Ah. <laughs> what? Like that was some big revelation. Oh, the Jungle Cruise. Well, I was waiting for a. Tim Foster. That's why I love you. I didn't get that, so I'm going to try another one. <laughs> now I'm going to stick. Huh? I'll what? give you one that'll tell you that that I would love you for. Give me the initials, and I'll come up with it. No one will know the the code. I can't. So, I can't because huh. it it's multiple. It's, by its, it's multiple attractions in one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It was an A ticket attraction. A-ticket. You have no idea. You don't even know what an A ticket was. A. That's a. the low one. Right. But. But if you were to take a ride on one of the Main Dumbo. Street vehicles, like no, 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 the no. trolley car, no. the no. Um, the double-decker omnibus, no. the fire engine, taking you through Victorian-era, turn-of-the-century, you know, northeast Atlantic seaborne town on the, on the verge of growth and expansion as you go right down the middle of Main Street, USA, Tim Foster... There is something so relaxing and happy and comforting about that. Come on, man. You just snuck another one in there, didn't you? <laughs> you better believe it. I got every one on my list on here. 
All right. And I still since, have one more to go, too. Since Jungle Cruise went over so well, I'm going to the Haunted Mansion. The ultimate in re- – how can you be more relaxed than being dead? <laughs> well, that, I mean, was the, that was the original tagline they were going to show right? go with. I know. Well, I, I saw – I swear it was on a, a handout somewhere. Now, I, I think uh, when you're talking about long, slow, classic dark rides – the haunted, and it's tough. Like which one that you could go haunted mansion, you could go Pirates of the Caribbean, um, but but the haunted mansion to me is an oddly an oddly relaxing <laughs> venture, even though it's supposed to be a little spooky and scary. Um, you mentioned air conditioning. Love the air conditioning in there. But um, I mean, or, or else that's just me getting a chill down my spine. But I swear there's air conditioning in there. Um, I sh- just so you know, I shake my head when you mention air conditioning as one of the things you like about the Haunted Mansion. No, there's a lot. We did a whole show on what we liked about the Haunted Mansion. Do you remember? I do. You do. So there's, uh, there's where do you start? But we're talking about the relaxing aspect of, of the whole thing. And I, I, the Haunted Mansion, as well as parts of the Caribbean, I'm throwing that in as my 4A, if we're numbering them that way. Um, Classic attractions, but usually not ones you're going to have a overly long line to get into. So from that point of view, it's good if you're, um, you know, did the thrill rides and want to relax. Usually hopping over to one of those two, pretty much get right on. Uh, inside, so you're in the dark. Luke keeps telling me I die when I fall down the tree. I'm not so sure I'm buying that, but if you say it's true, then I guess it's true. But, um. There's too much to say about it. It's just a great place to relax. What can I tell you? And the pirates. And the jungle cruise. <laughs> At night. With a thunderstorm raging. Oh, Tim Foster, you just make me shake my head sometimes in disbelief. However. But I went in Disneyland and I went in Haunted Mansion. Did you know that in the shrieking room you actually go down at Disneyland? The shrinking Ow. room? You mean the stretching room? The stretching room. <laughs> <laughs> the stretching room. There's a shrinking room in the Imagination Pavilion. <laughs> he thinks he's on like the mighty microscope or something. All right. <laughs> um, wow. Wow is all Wait, I can my say. My favorite thing about Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, since you asked me, was that I can stand and talk to little Leota for as long as I want to. And we do know of my unhealthy obsession with little Leota. Yeah, well, you can get your full. You just keep walking backwards down that that people mover walking thing and you can just the people uh, mover walking thing the, the ramp thing you know you should write no, a book like you here, should write a book here, no here you have to see in florida you get the little glimpse and you bye bye and you hope you heard about the death certificate but sometimes you miss it but in disneyland she's there at the end you just walk past her you could stay there all day so if you could only ride one disneyland's or walt disney world disney disney world's why? There's more. Ron, what about you? Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Uh, let's see. I'll go with Disney World, except that Halloween Disneyland with the uh, overlay is incredible. See that? And you see how he snuck in another attraction there? A whole separate kind of it thing? Was. Well, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning from the pros. <laughs> I will tell you, Walt Disney World's Haunted Mansion exterior at night is just spectacular and even better during the Halloween season. So, all right. But my final one 
is not one. Uh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, no, hold no, 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 on. Wait, 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 wait. wait no, 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 I'm going to let you go. I'm just saying this is the this is the for our special guests. This is a point of the show where we kind of cut the microphone <laughs> off, go walk. You want to get a bath now? This no, is a no, good no. Time. But listen, this is not. If you if you listen carefully, you'll you'll mm-hmm. see this is not me. I'm not going to sneak in six attractions here from all over Walt Disney World uh-huh. because if you notice, one thing that was absent from all of our discussions of the relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World sleeping was an entire theme park and there was no mention of Disney's Animal Kingdom which I think you could argue is the most relaxing of the theme parks because you are meant and it it inspired to and encouraged to wander this park. That is what it is there for. It is not a park that you're supposed to try and run from attraction to attraction and grab your fast pass and go here. So when I talk about this park and the most relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World, I think you can and and justifiably should group together the Discovery Island Trails, the Maharaja Jungle Trek, and the Pangani Forest because they are all really self-guided tours that let you enjoy and appreciate the animals and the architecture and the story and the educational opportunities. And in all three, there is cast member engagement. So if you want to learn about the Galapagos tortoises or the cotton top tamarinds on the Discovery Islands trails, you can do that. And you can also approach it from a number of different directions and see the viewing areas in no sort of set order. There is no linear path through all of these attractions. So you can enjoy it as you want to. You know, the Jungle Trek, the Maharaja Jungle Trek, I love wandering through there because there's a great overriding storyline of this royal forest of Asia. And you've got such, you know, Thai and Indian and Indonesian uh, architectures and and details represented there. There's beautiful animal carvings and these sort of uh, imagineered ruins all throughout the channel. And you know, on Discovery uh, on Discovery Island, you can you know see and learn a lot about all these different animals. And sometimes getting lost is all part of the fun there. And I think that that leisurely walking. I think that uh, taking your time to enjoy it. I think that's what this top 10 is really all about because the goal in doing this is hopefully encouraging people to not feel as though they have to rush to test track or rush to, you know, space or splash or whatever mountain you want to go to. It's about taking your time about exploring and appreciating the parks on all your levels and using all of your senses to do it as well. So when I talk about much to the mockery of Tim Foster, Riding on one of the Main Street vehicles, the idea is to pay close attention to, you know, the sound of the horse's hooves and the dapper dance or that ragtime music in the distance or the smell of the bakery as you pass by and watching the citizens of Main Street. All the things that we talked about are multi-sensory experiences. And the idea in relaxing going through it is that you allow yourself to really soak all of that in. I think that's what all the ones, except for a few on Tim's list, allow and afford you the opportunity to do. 
And that was really the whole goal of wanting to put this top 10 together. I actually did have the Maharaja Jungle Trek as one of my honorable mentions. And, and, and it, I included Divine in that one, too, which I'm surprised you didn't mention Divine. Well, I, I, I mean, do mention her, but after the restraining order, because of, again, my way too overly obsessive love of Divine. And she's really not an attraction. She's, but, she's, but you're right, Ron, because she's part of the environment. She's part of something to appreciate as you just wander that park. You know, it brings to mind. Uh-oh. Uh, and the congratulations how you kind of crammed a whole park into your... <laughs> yeah, it's really good, yeah. Um, now, you, you know, you made me think of uh, another... <laughs> this is how the game is played here. You made me think of another, another area that I believe we totally overlooked. And we would be remiss in doing so, and that would be World Showcase. Even though you you dissed the Norway film, not too long. I didn't ago. diss it. You know, there's no place like World Showcase. <laughs> but no, but really, uh, you're talking about uh, the Animal Kingdom being a place to explore and lose yourself in World Showcase. Uh, and shame on me, my favorite place in all of Walt Disney World, and hadn't mentioned it. But um, you know, to me, the, the ultimate in wander, explore. Uh, Visit the shops, look at the museums, uh, even go to the attractions, the, even the few that are there. It's uh, Come on, sit down and relax, whether it's a film. Even the Norway ride, once you get through Maelstrom, please watch the film. It's a beautiful film. Um, but uh, even, and we're going to bring food into this, even if you snack your way through World Showcase or souvenir shop your way through World Showcase, um, visiting in the morning as it's first opening up, it isn't too crowded yet, or in the evening, uh, or uh, one of my favorite things to do, and I, I haven't done it in a long time, and I have to do it again, after Illuminations concludes, as everyone's racing out, just wander through the pavilions. Stores aren't open, and you can't go inside, but you can still wander through the pathways and um, wander over the bridge in Japan and listen to the creek. Um, go to the Lotus Pond in China and just look at it um, with uh, all the crowds dissipating and a quiet serenity descending upon you as the twilight falls and the stars shine in the sky. Wow, what are you, Rudyard Kipling? How'd you like that? (laughs) Waxing poetic. Wow. Tim Foster, you're you're in fuego tonight. There's a whole new Tim Foster coming out in the top tens. I'm in Play-Doh? What did you say? (laughs) I said, you're in fuego. In fuego, on fire. uh, I'd know that if I'd pay attention as I walked around World Showcase (laughs) with that man. Maybe if you get the funnel cake off your face, you would not have to worry about it so much. Stop giving it to me. <laughs> I um, I wholeheartedly agree. I think you guys came up with some really good uh, uh, ones to add to the list. Now, again, we've mentioned probably we've snuck in probably a total of 20 attractions or so uh, somewhere in that ballpark. However, there is someone and probably more than one person screaming at their iPod, at their Zoom, at their computer, their car, whatever it might be, basically screaming at us saying, my God, man, how did you possibly forget Hall of Presidents, American Adventure, whatever it might be? And because of that, and you notice I snuck two more in there, because of that, I very much with these, remember, this is not meant to be 
the definitive list. It is our list, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you to what you think or what your most relaxing attraction is in Walt Disney World. Even if it's something that we've mentioned before, come by this week's show notes. Visit wdwradio.com, click on the podcast link, find this week's podcast, and in the comments section, tell us what you think is or are your most relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, if you say, my God, Tim Foster, how did you possibly forget wandering through the Swiss family treehouse? Whatever it might be. Jeez, I knew that was so so great. <laughs> Whatever it might yeah, be, that... please, please do. And uh, again, Ron, you knocked it out of the park. You, you, you tagged all the bases, my friend. You, uh, you know, it's always scary. You never know what you're going to get. But you, you brought your A game you totally rocked it. We had a great time. Uh, again, you, I, I am incredibly grateful um, for your time tonight, but more importantly, for the donation that you gave for Japan Relief. You know, you know that that went to support a good cause. You know, beyond what we do with the Dream Team and Make a Wish Project, that was something that we really wanted to reach out and and you know, we're all part of a, a global community here. So, I want to thank you for doing that for us. I want to thank you. Uh, for coming on the show. And I look forward to seeing both of you guys again in the park soon. We need to wander World Showcase because there is no place like, like World Showcase. How true. Thank you, Lou. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been loads of fun. Same here. And Tim Foster, I will see yeah. you, my friend, very, when? very soon. You want to know why, Tim Foster? Because we've got, we've got a magazine to get out. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have articles that are due <laughs> and because I know we've got a lot of stuff to work on for our deluxe celebrations holiday issue. Yes. Oh, I just ordered it. I just ordered it. Today. All right. So that, there you go. You get a free hug from Tim. Everybody who orders gets a free hug from Tim Foster. Uh, right? I'll <laughs> give you a con. <laughs> but yeah, so the, uh, the celebrations holiday issue we're really excited about. We just announced it. It's different from uh, if you're a subscriber to the magazine than the regular magazine. It's 120 pages, hardbound book. Tim, we've been talking about this for a while because we see that the holidays and the holiday issue seems to be so popular with people that we really wanted to do something special for them. Give them the opportunity to sort of bring something a little bit special home or, dare I say, it makes a great gift for the holidays. Yeah, the the hope as we pull it together, it, it'd be um, not just this holiday season, but we're trying we're we're celebrating the holidays at Walt Disney World, past, present, future, forever. Just just the general feeling of being there in the holidays. Which, if you've been there, you know it's it's an experience like nothing else. And hopefully, we can do that experience just a little bit of justice through the book. And it's going to have tons and tons and tons of pictures. Um, uh, hopefully, a few stories that'll maybe bring a tear to your eye but uh something we think you'll look through whether it's a christmas or summer next year or years down the road and and be able to bring back that christmas magic to you it's a coffee table book about it's coffee, coffee tables ta- <laughs> about coffee table books at christmas time that's right and i've gotten a lot of questions one thing this is all new it's not just sort of a content that we've taken out of past issues it's all new beautiful photos all new sort of articles that we have again talking about the past and the present, maybe even the future uh, of the holidays at Walt Disney World. For more information, they can go and visit and pre-order. It's going to be shipping in November, so you'll have it in time 
for yourself or to re-gift for the holiday. Read it once and then re-gift it to somebody else for the holidays. If you visit celebrationspress.com, you can also find out about all of Tim Foster's good stuff by visiting him and emailing him hate mail over at guide to the magic.com. Wow. I don't think that one works. <laughs> and we got to get you down to Walt Disney World again soon for another meet down, another celebrations meet down in Walt Disney World. We'll definitely keep uh, listeners informed as to when that's going to happen. Yes. And as the weather gets cooler, I'm more amenable to the tackling and the <laughs> Awesome. Guys, thank you again. Again, listeners, don't forget, come by, comment, tell us your, and share your relaxing attractions at Walt Disney World. Thanks again, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Luke. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Don't forget that I want to hear from you your thoughts on your favorite relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World. Come by, visit the website at wdwradio.com. Click on the podcast link and show number 240. There you can leave your comments, keep the conversation going, and share your thoughts on some of your favorite relaxing attractions in Walt Disney World. While you're there, be sure and browse around, explore the site, our daily blog posts, discussion forums, and lots more. I also want to hear from you, so if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or call the voicemail toll-free, be heard on the air by calling 888-703-2171. Don't forget, too, that in addition to the show, you can come by and check out our weekly live video broadcast and chat every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern by visiting www.newscast.com. There we do a live interactive discussion about this week's Walt Disney World news. You can come by the chat room, ask and answer questions as we discuss it real time there. If you can't make it live, that's okay. You can watch it on our YouTube channel on the WDW Radio blog or catch the audio in the WDW Radio iTunes feed. I also want you to come by and join the community. Meet other Disney fans either on our discussion forums or in person at our WDW Radio Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other events like the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream in November 2012. For more information for dates and times and locations, visit DisneyMeets.com, including information about our September meet and our October meets, which are going to revolve around our 40-hour live broadcast from Walt Disney World to celebrate Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary. We don't have an exact schedule yet, but I can tell you that let's start where it all began, right in the Magic Kingdom, probably around 8 a.m. or so on Saturday, October 1st. We don't know exactly where the day is going to take us, but to follow along with updates as to where we're going, what might be coming next, you can follow me over on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. I'll also post the updates at Facebook.com slash WDW Radio. We'll definitely be checking out the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, the Wine and Dine Half Marathon, and After Party, and lots more. Again, the best way to keep up with the updates is by following me on Twitter or over on Facebook. Speaking of live broadcasts, I want to give a big thanks to everybody who watched our live broadcast this past week from Aulani, Disney's newest resort in Ko'olina, Hawaii. We broadcast a number of times while we were there. Also took a ton of video that I'm going to be posting over the next few days and weeks. You can check out www.radio.com slash Aulani for more information. Also want to give thanks to everybody who came out to our sort of 
impromptu, unofficial WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Aulani. Didn't realize we had a number of listeners who were either out there on vacation or who lived on the island and came by, uh, shared some time at Aulani with us. So mahalo to everybody who came out and those of you who watched. Also, as long as we're saying mahalo, big thanks to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. Becky and I spent a number of days in Aulani doing some research, finding out more about the resort, trying to bring that experience to you. And if you're looking to book your trip out to Aulani or to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney, go visit mousefantravel.com. When you come to Walt Disney World, maybe you want to stay at a vacation home within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World. That's what we're going to do during the 40-hour show. Our home base is going to be an all-star vacation home because they have a pool and a spa, kitchens, game rooms, multiple master bedrooms, a great place for us to go back in the middle of the night, sort of crash, maybe take a nap or two, uh, hit the pool. Again, this way we don't have to worry about uh, intruding on any of the other guest experiences uh, overnight in Walt Disney World. So we're going to be sort of broadcasting from our all-star vacation home. But if you want to find out more, book a two-bedroom condo, seven-bedroom home, anything in between, visit allstarvacationhomes.com. But if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World, you know from listening to the show that one of my favorite places to stay and eat is the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, located right on Crescent Lake in between Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. They've got world-class restaurants and lounges, and I promise you the most comfortable beds on property, you can visit them over at swananddolphin.com. Quick reminder, don't forget Celebrations Magazine. We just announced our deluxe limited edition, holiday edition. It's going to be a hardbound deluxe issue with more than 120 pages of Disney holiday magic, hundreds of all new color photos, and new behind-the-scenes stories of the holiday celebrations at Walt Disney World. Uh, Everything from the parks, the resorts, the holiday shows, lots more. It's going to be available in early November for $24.95, just in time for the holidays. But you can pre-order your copy now for $19.95 plus shipping. For more information, to pre-order, you can visit celebrationspress.com. As always, my friends, thank you so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. If you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share your favorite links on Facebook or Google+, other discussion forums, communities that you are a member of. And please come by, review the show and the iPhone apps over in iTunes. And more importantly, I hope that you become inspired today to start pursuing your passion. So be positive, get motivated, start following your dreams. And when you do, always keep moving forward. Thank you again for listening, my friends. I hope you have a great week this week. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is Kristen Mackey from St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I'm just calling to say thank you for all the podcasts. You rock. I love the radio show. I just started listening about four or five months ago or so, and uh, I'm now catching up on back episodes. So I'm super excited to be doing that. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge and and for all the fabulous interviews that you get. And uh, I sure hope that maybe sometime in the next year or so, when I take my vacation down to Walt Disney World, that um, I would love to be able to meet you. So uh, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. It's Joel from Maryland. Just wanted to call to thank you for the uh, hard work that you've done on uh, all the podcasts. As uh, We've listened to each and every one of them uh, to enjoy them as much as we do. And I also want to 
take the time to wish both you and your wife a very special and happy anniversary. I'm packing right now myself to uh, get ready. My wife and I are celebrating our 10th year anniversary in Disney uh, just this week and looking forward to a wonderful uh, trip with her. So happy anniversary to both of you and looking forward to hearing the next podcast. Thanks. Hey, Lewis. Annie from Chicago, this is from Magic Kingdom Park. It's Wednesday, August 17th. We're uh, here just getting ready to go in to see the Country Bears Dance Parade. Um, actually, we was just talking to a cast member outside. He was telling us um, about something that uh, they do called the Rainy Day Parade. And unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen today because the rain cleared up. But he said usually when uh, it's like thundering and lightning and starts to rain, it's the beginning of the uh, 3 o'clock parade. They'll do a rainy day parade um, instead of the normal one, and uh, they'll have the characters come out, and they splash in the puddles and dance around with people and stuff. So I thought that was really cool because I had never seen or heard of that before. So just thought I would call in and let you know so we can share that with the listeners. Um, we're having a great time so far. This morning we did character breakfast at Crystal Palace with Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, and Eeyore. So that was great. My daughter loves it. And we all got birthday cakes, little cupcakes, because we're celebrating our birthdays. Me and my daughter's was tomorrow, and my mom's was two weeks ago. So that was really cool. And we've been getting tons of birthday wishes and everything, because we have our birthday buttons on and our first visit button on Kayla. So everything's going fun so far. So I thought I would call in and say hi. And I uh, hope you're having a great time out at B23 in California. And I can't wait to try to catch you in the box. Bye. You've got-